This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Yes, welcome in. This is Kenny and Heilprin. We're missing the Kenny part of this, though, tonight. Ben Kenny on vacation. He's been on vacation all week. He will be back next week, hopefully, as we get into our new schedule. It's going to be two shows a week. We've got Tuesday. It's going to be our new day from 6 until 7. And then on Thursdays, we're going to be on location in Sun Prairie at Monk's from 5 to 6. So we've got two episodes of Kenny and Heilprin. That's going to be starting, again, as I said, next week. The Thursday episode on location at Monk's, we are going to have some special guests throughout the year. Hopefully some names that you will have recognized and uh, excited to talk more about that as we get into it each week. But that's going to be a lot of fun. Ben will be back for that. Uh, but uh, by myself tonight, but we got plenty to get to. Plenty, plenty to get to. I've uh, got some listener questions to answer, and I'll give my quick look at the potential depth chart for the Badgers. That's going to be released Monday when they get their season go uh, when they get their first week of prep. We'll get to talk with Paul Christ on Monday and talk with some players. Then we get Jim Leonard and offense coordinator Bobby Engram on Tuesday. But I'll give my potential depth chart for the Badgers. We've also got uh, Wisconsin basketball assistant Sharif Chambliss catching up with him. Just got back from France, that 4-0 tour for the Badgers over there. Going to catch up with him and uh, get his take on some guys that uh, – have taken leaps this offseason, something that's very much needed with Johnny Davis and Brad Davison no longer around. Uh, also, got my guy Matt Bernstein, uh, former Fat Badgers fullback legend of various campus bars. We'll get his thoughts on the direction of the program. But first, we've got some football this weekend. Week zero of college football gets underway this Saturday. It's a big one in the Big Ten. Big Ten kicks it, essentially the Big Ten kicks it off. I think there's a game right before it, but it gets underway Saturday morning. Northwestern and Nebraska facing off in Ireland. Will it be the beginning of the end for Scott Frost uh, as he is on the hottest of hot seats? Or will it be Northwestern keeping its uh, pattern of being very good in even years and being very bad in odd years years going? If you think back, uh, 2018, very good. 2019, not so much. 2020, good again. 2021, not so much. So it's 2022. We'll see if Pat Fitzgerald and company can get things turned around, uh, starting with that game in Ireland. Again, I with Scott Frost, and we'll, we'll talk about this. We're going to be giving our picks coming up here uh, later in the show. I did get Ben's picks. He won't be here to give his picks, but I'll give his picks. And he uh, offered a lot on this game, some comments that I didn't even understand. But we'll get to that uh, at the end of the show. Uh, but for Scott Frost, this is potentially the beginning of the end for him. I mean, if, if they lose this game, and I think it's probably a little bit of hyperbole to sit here and say that if he doesn't win this game, they're just going to leave him on the tarmac, a little Lane Kiffin style. Um, but his buyout goes down to uh, $7.5 million on October 1st. If they lose this game and do not start the season well, I could see them pulling the trigger on that and getting out of it and, and moving on. And doing it quickly and potentially get the next face in. The problem for them is, it, and it's, it would be kind of like Wisconsin if, uh, you know, say they Paul Chris, they moved on Paul Chris, they go to Jim Leonard. And if Jim Leonard didn't work out, like, who would be the next guy? Scott Frost is the end point for them. Like, who's the next guy for Nebraska? I don't think there is another guy that you can sit there and say, Scott Frost was the savior. And now it's possible that that savior will be out of a job at the end of this year, or maybe even not make it all the way to the end of the year. Also, 
Brett Bielma and Illinois hosting Wyoming at 3 o'clock. That should be a good game for anybody wondering. I don't know if you guys are. Probably not. Brett Bielma still has yet to unblock me on Twitter. I kind of feel like when he told us this the Big Ten media is that he would look into unblocking me on Twitter. I think it was just placating me. I don't think he had any plan to do anything like that. And, and maybe I should have been, I, I probably was naive in thinking that that was even on his thoughts. I mean, they were already in fall camp because they opened in week zero. So they got to open up a week before Wisconsin did. So they were essentially almost already in camp by the time Big Ten Media Days happened. So I should have known. It also reminded me that Big Ten Media Days reminded me, or talking about Big Ten Media Days and talking about Brett Bielma, it reminded me that uh, that was not the first time that I've actually crossed paths in person uh, with with Brett Bielma. I didn't actually start covering the Badgers until 2013, which was his first year at Arkansas. But I did have a run-in with him in 2006. And I apologize if I've already told this story, but just saying his name reminded me of it. Uh, 2006 was actually my first year covering uh, a practice. I was still in college at the time. Zero experience uh, outside of a classroom as a reporter, pretty much. I was working for Badger Nation just uh, for free, of course, uh, writing uh, practice reports. And on one of the first plays of the practice, they ran a screen pass, and it blew up. I mean, it was a big, it was a big time play. And later in practice, Jack Ikeguanu, the former corner for Wisconsin, got absolutely torched by a wide receiver. And I thought both were worthwhile, so I put those two anecdotes in my practice report, not thinking anything of it. Fast forward to the next day, I got a call from somebody asking me if I could come down and speak with them about that practice report. It was going to be me and this other reporter being called down and uh, talked to him about the practice report because it just wasn't something that we were supposed to have in there. Whatever. Uh, so I'm like, okay, whatever. It's not a big deal. I'm going to do it. It's fine. A little later, I got a call from uh, somebody else to ask me to, to the head of the stadium and to talk with somebody higher on the food chain at Wisconsin. And now I'm kind of, I'll be honest, freaking out a little bit. First ever practice. Nobody knows who I am. Already on the bad side of the uh, sports in- sports information folks, and uh, a little bit after that, I got an out. I got a call again. This time, supposed to be there, and that Bielma wants to talk to me. I honestly, I almost puked at the thought of it. Uh, you have to think. You have to think about back 2006. Uh, absolute nobody. Absolute nobody. But at that point, you know, I'm like, I, what? <laughs> okay. And so me and the other reporter for the, for that site, we made our way up to Bielma's office. And he's sitting in there, banging away to reggae music, which was his favorite. This is in the, the one of the top floors of the football offices. And he proceeded to, uh, I, I think, saying it nicely, uh, express his displeasure with uh, the reporting. And he warned, warned, that if we continued with that, he was going to be like, I'm going to have to, I'm going to be forced to close practice. I can't have that type of stuff being reported on. The entire time, the other reporter who had a lot more experience than I did was pushing back on it. And it's probably something that uh, maybe now I would do. I, maybe not. I, I doubt Paul Christ would ever, would ever get involved in the process of like shutting something down media-wise. Like that's, that's not him. He's got people for that. He doesn't need, wouldn't need to do it himself. But Brett Bielma did. And he, the other reporter was pushing back. And I'm just sitting there, so green, no clue what's going on. And I'm just shaking my head up and down, up and down, up and down. Yep, taking everything, everything what he said at face value. And uh, after about 10 minutes, got up, shook hands, and walked out the door. And that was the one and only time I'd ever spoken to him before Big Ten Media Days. To have it go from, you know, saying somebody on a lower level wants to talk to you, to going up and talking to Brett Bielma, absolutely, absolutely caught me off guard. And uh, it's one of those ones, those stories at the beginning of your career that 
you'll never uh, forget. So got that out of the way. Again, as I said before, I asked some, I asked on Twitter for uh, some Badger football questions to answer and got some good ones. So let's dive into those. Um, Calvin asks, uh, would you rather have a 2021 Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor or a 2022 Chimray DK and Skylar Bell? It's a very, very good question. I have been on record as saying Chimray DK has a chance to be Wisconsin's number one, first big-time number one receiver since Quintez Sivas back in 2019. Uh, I'm not really backing off that statement, but I will say kind of what we saw from from Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor here in the preseason. Obviously, Jan- Danny Davis got cut by the Packers because he's dealing with that ankle injury, and so he got cut. But before that, was having a very good camp. Kendrick Pryor right on the bubble as an undrafted free agent of making uh, the defending AFC champion Bengals roster. So they have they have produced. I was not sure that that was going to be what was going to happen for either of those guys. Um, yet they both made huge strides since since the spring when they were going after they got they got picked up. Both Matt Lafleur and Zach Taylor, the coach for the Bengals, said both these guys made like huge strides in, in the summer. And so that would suggest to me that they made huge strides from when they were Badgers to where they were now. And so 2021 Davis and Pryor, I am not going to take over. Jim Ray DK and Skyler Bell. Even though we haven't even seen Skyler Bell do much outside of one bowl game, I like that that duo. Plus, I like the overall group more so than I did of last year's group. Like the the top three of Davis, Pryor, and DK last year, and then obviously Jack Dunn, and then you have the the younger guys, Marcus Allen and Skyler Bell, who we don't actually see play any meaningful snaps outside of the bowl game. I like when he's when it's Jim Ray DK, Skyler Bell. Marcus Allen, who came on really, uh, I thought, in the, the last couple of practices that we got to see in fall camp. And then also uh, Keontes Lewis, who played a bunch of uh, football last year for UCLA. Didn't catch any passes, but played a bunch of football. And then you have the, the wild card there in Dean Ingram, who I think just has a natural knack for getting open in the middle of the field. I like that group better than what Wisconsin had last year. He also asks, disregarding any recruiting rating and any past on-field performance, focusing solely on the on only 2022 spring ball, and fall practices, do you see a major difference in ability and skill between Graham Mertz and Chase Wolf? Yes. I think Graham Mertz is is more physically talented. Is he the type of quarterback that's going to be able to scramble like, like Chase Wolf? No, but he's got a better arm. He's Both of them have struggled with accuracy at times, but for the most part, at least in spring and in fall, Graham wasn't, hasn't thrown interceptions. He's barely thrown... I mean, I you can count on maybe one or two fingers how many interceptions Graham threw in practices open to the media, uh, either in spring or in fall camp. I may need more than my two hands to count the number of interceptions we saw from Chase Wolf. So if we're just talking straight up ability and skill, I think taking care of the ball is a skill uh, because it's it's about how you decide what throws you're going to make. And decision-making is a skill. And Chase Wolf, is his decision-making isn't where it needs to be to be a successful and uh, successful quarterback, much less a backup quarterback. Like I, I, I'll say this: I think Wisconsin would be in uh, in some trouble if Chase Wolf has to play a lot of football this year. Graham made some strides, and again, it doesn't mean anything until they actually go out there and do it in a game. But what we saw from what I saw from Graham is a quarterback that um, has made some some strides in the passing game, and he's a much better option than Chase Wolf. Right now, and I don't think that's that's going to change. Uh, Kyle asked, "What happens if uh, Stuart Mandel is right and the Badgers lose to Washington State?" Now, this is coming from, I believe, Stuart Mandel's Big Ten preview on the Athletic. 
And I believe this is what he said. He said, Washington State offense coordinator Eric Morris's air raid style offense should be a good test for Wisconsin defensive coordinator Jim Leonard's retooling defense. If the Badgers aren't prepared, they could wind up on the wrong side of Cougars quarterback Cam Ward's national coming out party. Now, Cam Ward absolutely tore it up at Incarnate Word under Eric Morris, the, the new offensive coordinator. So I, I'm not saying it doesn't look like Stuart Mandel is actually saying uh, that, that uh, Washington State's going to come in here and win that game. But I think Cam Ward's going to uh, provide a little bit of a challenge. He has a chance to be a first-round pick next year. Now, Nikia Watson is also their starting running back, uh, the former Badger. And I'm not sure what uh, Washington State's defense looks like. If, if Wisconsin were to lose that game, it would be a massive upset and uh, would certainly signal that this could be an, another tough year. I don't envision that happening. I envision them being a double-digit favorite and them actually doing that. And I again, I... Wisconsin's defense, Stuart Mandel says retooling defense, and to an extent that there's that's definitely true. I mean, when you lose eight starters, that's fine, but it's a little bit mis, uh, misleading because you bring in guys that have started a bunch of football. Justin Clark, Jay Shaw, Cedric Dort played a bunch of football, and uh, you know at cornerback. So you you have those guys, and then at, at safety, John Torchio has played a bunch last year, and then Hunter Wohler, I again I think is going to be one of the faces of this defense uh, this year. Next year, maybe even the year after, we'll see how how good he is. But they, uh, the secondary things be all right, and I think Wisconsin's passing, uh, or should say, the uh, their pass rush is going to get after him. I, I would not be necessarily as worried about that that game as maybe Stuart Mandel is. It's a sneaky good game. It's a sneaky good game. But Wisconsin should win that. If they don't, uh, I would probably going to have to turn off Twitter because I I definitely don't want to see that. Uh, going on, Bobby asks, uh, when are we going to see a too deep depth chart? Well, you're going to see one on Monday. That's when uh, they, they released that. However, I will go through this very quickly, or I'm going to try to go through this very, very quickly, and uh, and give you the two deep just off the top of my head. Quarterback, Graham Mertz. Backup, Chase Wolf. Running back, it's Braylon Allen at the top. Ches Malusi, Isaac Garendo. Fullback is Jackson Aker. Wide receivers, Chimray DK, Skyler Bell. After that, Marcus Allen, Keontes Lewis, Dean Ingram's going to play a ton in the slot. I think he's your number one slot, though. Chimray DK can certainly work in there as well. So that's your top three. Uh, tight end, Clay Cundiff and Jack Eschenbach. And then your, your blocking tight ends or your, your more inline tight ends is going to be Hayden Rucci and Cole Dokovich. So that's that group. Offensive line, I think, is still uh, up in the air because we just don't know injury-wise in some guys. But if, it's, if everyone's healthy, then I would go left tackle. You have Jack Nelson as a starter and... Nolan Rucci as your backup. Left guard, it's Tyler Beach. And this one, a little bit, maybe it's a surprise to some, uh, jumping up there and and grabbing it, is Joe Brunner, the true freshman, the highest-ranked recruit in Wisconsin's 2022 class. I think he's impressed. He he doesn't look like a freshman at all. And then at center, right now, right now, I would say it's got to be Joe Tipman and Tedder Bordellini. Right guard, it's got to be Michael Furtney as the starter. And right now, I'd say Trey Wedig. Though, again, I think Tanner Bordellini, if he were healthy, would be the guy uh, at any of the inside positions, to be honest with you. Whether it's left guard, center, or right guard, I think he's got that ability. He is not. He was not healthy the last time we saw him. He went down uh, with that leg injury. It's possible that he could be back, um, but I'm not exactly sure when that's going to happen. Austin Barrett, another, oppor- another potential guy uh, at center. I believe he would be the backup center at this point. Right tackle, I'm going to give that to Riley Mullman. And then behind him would be... Logan Brown. So that's the offensive line. Moving over to the defensive side of the ball, you got in the middle, Keanu Benton as your nose tackle behind him, Gio Paez, the 
other the defensive ends, the starting defensive ends, Rodas Johnson and Isaiah Mullins behind them. It would be uh, James Thompson Jr., who had a really good practice in the open scrimmage that fans got to see last Sunday. He was really, really good. Um, if healthy, I'd probably say Isaac Townsend, but he missed much of fall camp, so I'm going to put Cade McDonald in there. Outside linebackers, Nick Herbig is uh, on one side, the other side. Right now, C.J. Getz. Now, behind C.J. Getz, I would put Daryl Peterson right on his tail. Like, I think Daryl Peterson is going to play a ton of football. He would be my he would be my backup outside linebacker on that side. The other, the other guys in the two deep, certainly Caden Johnson and T.J. Bowlers. Inside linebacker, this is a little bit of a, this is a total guess because we don't know. But I will say that uh, Tate Grass and Jake, I'm going to say, uh, this again, I, I just don't know on this one. So I'm going to, uh, it is a guess. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to argue with myself here. I want to say uh, Jordan Turner uh, at, at the mic spot, but they seem to really like Tate Grass. And so uh, I'll say Tate Grass as, as the starter at one spot and Jake Cheney the starter at the other spot with uh, Jordan Turner backing up Tate Grass. And then it's uh, Muma Jong Meta and uh, Brian Sanborn backing up the other spot. Cornerback, Jay Shaw is at uh, one spot at the other. I would say uh, Alexander Smith, assuming he's healthy. And then in the slot would be Justin Clark behind on the outside, uh, behind Jay Shaw, probably Ricardo Holman and uh, Cedric Dort at safety. Kind of already talked about it with uh, Hunter Wolder and John Torchio. And then behind them, Kamoi Latu is, is one of those guys to go up there with. And then probably, you know, Preston Zachman, is, is in that conversation. Titus Toller coming off a, of, you know, having not played football in quite some time is in that conversation. That spot's probably a little bit unsettled as well. Behind them, I think there's a bunch of different bodies. Maybe even an Austin Brown could factor in there as well. So that is the that is my two deep offense and defense. We'll get a, a look at Wisconsin's on Monday. Ben asked, Noah Burks wasn't a good pass rusher. Could the defense have a better outlook than last year if Peterson turns out to be a strong pass rusher? Yes. Yes. Again, I, I don't know how many times I've, I probably have said I'm on record as saying this, but I'm going to go on record in saying this again. The defense has a chance to be as good as last year. There's no doubt. I don't Better than last year, that's asking a lot. They were the top-ranked defense in the country. They uh, set a record for fewest rushing yards allowed in school history. So there's a, there's a lot there uh, that they would have to overcome uh, to be able to get all the way to that level. However, when you think about the type of pass rush they could put on the field on third long with Nick Herbig, Daryl Peterson, you got Keanu Benton, Rodas Johnson, that's those four. But I also think they've got some guys. Maybe you're putting a TJ Bowlers on the field. Maybe you're, maybe you've only got maybe you're only going to go Keanu Benton in the middle, and you're putting uh, three or four different uh, outside linebackers on the field and getting them to to move around. Now Ben says, could UW drop seven more often, still get pressure if uh, base. You know, as opposed to last year, he says. Uh, I think rushing four could be a key against Ohio State and, and other dynamic pass offenses. Could they? Yes. That's just not Jim Leonard's mo, though. We saw that last year. We've seen that throughout. On third down, he's going to attack, and uh, they got. Uh, I think it's fair to say that they got burned in the last two games of the year. I thought they got burned, or the last two regular season games of the year last last year, they got burned. A lot of crosser routes, a lot of man routes against both by Nebraska and Minnesota that put their corners in some tough positions to have to make plays, and they got burned both both uh, both games. They got uh, burned when they brought pressure. So um, could they possibly uh, drop more more often? Maybe. We'll see. 
Uh, but I do like their pass rushing options this year more so than last year. All right, Andy says, uh, who's going to be the jet sweep guy this year? Did they have a jet sweep guy last year? I feel like uh, I feel like Kendra Pryor was always the the was the guy, but they also used Jack Dunn to a lot of people's chagrin. They've used Chimray DK. They used Danny Davis. If I had to single down, single on one guy, I'd probably say Skylar Bell. Uh, I think he's going to get uh, a chance to get the ball in his hands. And Dean Engram. Dean Engram in space is probably something they want to at least uh, give a shot because he, he's he's got some quickness. He's, he's probably the quickest guy in that room. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, Skylar Bell and Dean Ingram end up being the guys that get the ball the most there. Uh, Andy goes on to ask, uh, can't pick Nick Herbig. Who leads the team in sacks? Well, last year it was Herbig, but then it was also the two inside guys with uh, Jack Sanborn and Leo Chanel. I don't know if they're going to get that many sacks out of the middle, out of the inside linebackers this year. So I'm going to go ahead and say Daryl Peterson. I, I, maybe it's a, it's a safe answer, but I think he's got a chance to be, I think he's got a chance to be really, really special as a pass rusher. Had over, I believe, 30 sacks his final two years in high school. He's got that game into him. It's, it's, it's about you know the process of becoming a more complete guy and having his you know ha- not having his hand on the ground, which is what he did in in uh, high school. It's a little bit of a change going to that from three point stance to two point stance. But um, I think he's going to be special. I do. I think he's going to be really really special. And Andy Andy finishes by uh, asking uh, my thoughts on the tweet of the year competition, tweet of the off season competition. I don't know how to explain this to people that aren't aware of uh, what he did uh, on Twitter. Uh, but if you go to his to his page on Twitter, you can you can see it. He put together a list of all the, or he kept a running list, I should say, of all the weird and insane and stupid tweets from the Badgers offseason, put it up for a vote, and uh, I was among the finalists. I didn't end up winning. That's unfortunate, but I'm just glad that, and appreciative that I was actually in in the running with such a, a glorious group of tweets. Um, so, uh, yes, that's that's... My thoughts on the Tweet of the Year competition. Just really, really upset that I was not able to come out on top. All right, coming back, we're going to be talking with Wisconsin assistant coach Sharif Chambliss. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Welcome back into Kenny in Heilprin. No Ben Kenny tonight on vacation. We'll get him back next week. Time to squish gears here a little bit. Going to be checking in on basketball. Had an opportunity to chat with Wisconsin assistant coach Sharif Chambliss earlier this week. Sharif, a lot uh, lot has happened for you and the team uh, here in this last year. Does it feel like you've been here forever or has it uh, really flown by for you? Uh, It's flown by in certain aspects, but then uh, again, I get a chance to sit back. It's been really Really, um, just a great year. Uh, feeling being back with comfortable in, in the for a great university, uh, working with a great staff, and uh, the type of character kids we've had have been great. Just lay it all out on the line. Um, I mean, my first year we had a chance to win a Big Ten championship, which was unbelievable. Uh, that doesn't happen for everybody, and just to watch the way those kids came together was was really good. Is there a memory, and I, you kind of mentioned you just there, but is there a memory that sticks out for you from uh, year one? Oh, man. I mean, you, you win a Big Ten championship, and then right afterwards you're recruiting usually, usually right away. So uh, for me, just to sit back and just remember the games that we had that season, the fight that we had. We were down 22 uh, with Indiana coming in right when we got into the Big Ten season. 
um, taking a tough loss at Ohio State and, and knowing that we get him on the backside. Um, watching Michael Finley, a guy who I grew up watching, uh, get his jersey retired uh, for all the accomplishments and, and the player and the person that, that he is uh, was an awesome experience. Um, obviously, Chucky hitting the game when they're off the glass. Watching Johnny go crazy at, at Michigan State was was you know just to sit back and be able to be a part of that and watch him go crazy there. That was awesome. It was pretty remarkable. This the entire season was pretty remarkable. Uh, you guys though move on right like as soon as uh, that season's over, Johnny you know announces that he's leaving. Brad obviously done with his ten years at Wisconsin. Obviously Chris Voigt. Uh, vote, excuse me, uh, moving on as well. Got a couple transfers moving as well. So you got, you know, it's going to be a new look. It's going to be a new look Badgers this year. You guys got your chance to look at them for the first time uh, in France. You guys went 4-0, uh, got back last week. Uh, the basketball is a big part of it, but I have to imagine it was more than just about that, right? Like that trip is just, it's basketball, but it's so much more. So much more than just basketball. And, you know, getting, having people uh, getting a chance to have those guys have experiences that they've never had before. Some of them have never been across the, the water uh, to Europe or anywhere else, which was, you know, that was pretty cool to see how that goes. Um, watching guys just come together as a team and doing all this stuff off the court. Uh, I, I think it, was, it will be very, it'll be very beneficial for us as a team down the stretch. Um, you know, one thing we did have a chance to do over there, an opportunity we did have a chance to do was uh, visit Normandy. And uh, knowing those people that have fought for our rights, for us to be able to live in a free country um, is awesome. Uh, it just, just, it's so, it's, it's, it just, you have to, it takes you back a little bit, you, you know, it pushes you back a little bit when you go there and you see all those gravestones, people from all over the United States that were fighting for our freedom. Um, man, and, and to, to be able to have the opportunity to do the wreath laying, uh, we did a wreath laying over there uh, at the cemetery. Uh, right, right by Omaha Beach. Um, you know, again, just grateful for those people and for all those people that came before us. And you know, we're able to do what we do now, and we're definitely grateful for that. Do you think the the players? I mean, it's 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 hard to remember what you think about like I, my age, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put you in that same category as me. You're you're a little bit younger than me, but is it hard to to remember exactly how you would have felt in that moment? I I feel like I may not have been able to recognize exactly how important those moments are not just uh, obviously at Normandy but all the uh, different places that you guys were able to go to whether it was Normandy or Paris or Lyon or or Nice do you think that the players took it all in and and kind of uh, really enjoyed the moment and and kind of will remember and and got the most out of it I definitely think they got the most out of it Uh, I think we did a good job leading up to it just to to prepare them for that uh, for us to be able to go there and, and on our way there, we're watching videos. We had some other kind of assignments that we we, were, we had talked about uh, with the guys. We watched Saving Private Ryan, again, about um, D-Day when they stormed Omaha Beach. Uh, so that, that definitely, I think, helped prepare them uh, to try to get the most out of the opportunity. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, to the basketball aspect of this, it seemed like you guys got contributions uh, up and down the lineup. I mean, over those four games, especially scoring. And I know there were a bunch of different lineups. I'm wondering if, like, the scoring, was that kind of by design just based on those different lineups that you were playing with? Or or is that kind of how you envisioned the season going without having Johnny and, and Brad to carry the scoring load on a, on a night-to-night basis? 
No, I, I think, well, you know, as, as a coaching staff, Coach Guard wanted to definitely just give everybody some opportunity. So, I mean, we're subbing in five guys at a time. We're mixing up the different lineups. Uh, I don't think the goal was for us to go over there and go 4-0. and The goal was for us to go over there and get better as a basketball team, put people in situations that they, they haven't been in yet and uh, so they can gain some experience. I mean, Chris Hodges hasn't played a real basketball game in a while, and it was great for him to get out there and play uh, against some competition other than himself. All the hard work that he's put in, I, I definitely think he's made some steps. Marcus Ilver looked pretty good uh, coming back in shape, coming back from the FIBA games. Um, obviously, Connor Essigen, we know that he's going to be able to put that. He's, he's going to be able to put that ball in the hole. He just has an act for scoring the ball. Um, so as a freshman, it was good to see that. I mean, we we went through some offensive stuff during the summer. Uh, not a ton like we usually do. We talked about some defensive stuff. We experimented, um, but for us, the trip was definitely about getting better, giving some guys some experience, and then I, I think we got the most out of that. Uh, you, you mentioned one of those uh, new faces because you do have some new faces here, uh, you know, with, with Connor Siegen and then a couple of transfers in Kamari McGee and, and Max Kleismith. What stood out about their games there? I know you mentioned Connor, but, it, you know, scoring the ball is obviously very, very important. But to play at Wisconsin, there's there's other aspects that you have to be locked in. I'm wondering where you think his game and the, and the other two guys games are at this point. Um, Max and Kamari both, did, I, I think, did a great job of just trying to trying to blend in. Um, still bring, you know, what they do, their skill set to the table. Max is just uh, – he gets it. He knows how to play. Uh, tough. Got some, a lot of physicality to him. Uh, he, he's going to be just uh, – he's going to be just fine for us. Uh, Kamari, I think, in the beginning, the, the the early games, I think he struggled a little bit, but um, he's, he started to figure it out. Does a great job of putting the ball and putting guys in situations where they can be successful as a point guard. And, um, again, we're really happy to have him. Him and Max, the two guys from Wisconsin that love Wisconsin, that are about the Wisconsin way. You mentioned Chris Hodges earlier. Uh, we didn't see him last year, obviously, redshirted, uh, but he did seem to flash in France. W- what are you expecting from his game, and, and where has he taken such uh, such leaps to be in a position where he could certainly, obviously, help you guys uh, this fall? Uh, he's done a great job just getting in the weight room, getting stronger, uh, getting his body uh, together, more of what he, what he was uh, – his goal – just is losing some baby fat, um, being able to have more stamina. But uh, his motor, his his motor is who he is, and he's going to be in there. He's going to go hard. He's going to run the floor. He's going to rebound. Uh, and he's just done a great job of practicing that every day that it now has come it, – it now has become uh, habitual. I don't think we mentioned any of the the three guys that you have coming back in the starting lineup and, and Stephen Kral and Chucky Hepburn and uh, and Tyler Wall. For, for Chucky – it's a different situation for him this year, right? He was a rarity, a true freshman guard being able to start at Wisconsin and, and uh, especially point guard starting at Wisconsin. It's a rarity. Where does he need to take the next step in his game to to keep you guys on the on the level that you've been playing here these last few years? Yeah, I think that Chucky's gonna, you know, he's he's getting better every day. He's a guy that he's one of those gym rats that work on his game all the time. Um, I, I just know that he's he's not gonna he's not gonna be complacent with where he's at. And we're going to need him to be a little more aggressive scoring, uh, have the ball in his hands late, and him being able to make decisions. Um, and we know that Chucky's getting better, and, and he's he's paid his dues. And now it's time for him to uh, have a – I think he's going to have a great season this year. Tyler Wall, we know what we're going to get out of him. We're going to be able to throw it to him. He's super versatile, definitely like a Swiss Army knife, uh, a leader that we know that 
the consummate badger. I, I look at him as one of those guys that you say, oh, man, he's a badger for sure. Every every way he plays, the way he conducts himself, um, he's just been great in, in trying to step into that leadership role. Uh, Steven Crowell has gotten a lot stronger, a little bigger. I think he's grown taller. His confidence has went up. Uh, definitely you can see it on the trip a little bit. Um, once we get into our rhythm, I, I think that's in our system stuff. I, I think that's when he'll really flourish. Is, is his role even more important this year? Because you don't necessarily have a Chris vote to come off the bench at this point. I mean, I, I know you guys were looking at that in the offseason, potentially added another big. How, how vital is it for him? Especially, you know, young guys struggle with foul trouble at times. And, and certainly that was a case for him. How more, how important, even more important, I guess, is uh, Stephen Crowell this year? Because you don't necessarily have that, that other big necessarily. Stephen Crowell is super important to us. Uh, obviously, you know, the, having a guy that can anchor you down low that you can throw it into that's a really good passer like him that can shoot it and stretch the defense like him. Uh, also that you can just throw it in the post and, and just play right out of the post. Um, you know, we'll, we'll be leaning on Steven a lot this year, and I, and I think he's ready to step up to the challenge. I did want to ask about Jordan Davis real quick because uh, we didn't we did not mention him. And he played, uh, you know, some minutes last year. You guys are going to ask more of him this year, right? For sure. I thought I think that Jordan came a long way on the trip. Um, I think he was able to, to get some confidence shooting it from the outside, but he did a pretty good job defensively and rebounding and cutting. He's starting to figure out when to cut, how to cut. Um, again, hopefully he has a chance to come from under his brother's shadow and really just show who he is. All right. I know you're uh, getting ready to go on the golf course. Uh, before I let you go, though, what kind of game do you have? Are you, uh, you get out there a lot? Do you get an opportunity to, to play some? What kind of golfer are you? It's tough. It's tough. Uh, obviously, you know, basketball season is year round recruiting everything. We have a couple weeks off. So um, this is an annual trip that I have with some of my close friends. Actually, my roommate from Wisconsin uh, is here on the trip rooming with me. Um, you know, we're happy to be out here and have the experience here out at Pebble Beach. Uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool experience. All right, Sharif. Certainly appreciate your time and uh, good luck this season. All right. Thank you. There he was. Badgers assistant coach Sharif Chambliss. When we come back, former Wisconsin fullback Matt Bernstein. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Yes, you're back here on Kenny and Heilprin. No Ben Kenny. He's on vacation out east somewhere. Uh, he's an East Coast guy. But I've brought in another East Coast guy to be able to fill in and bring in that, uh, that attitude and that confidence and that bravado that is just fearsome among the, the East Coast people that I've been around. It is former Wisconsin fullback Matt Bernstein. Bernie, thank you very much for joining. Oh, my God. I, I, I'll come on whenever you need me. I love coming on, <laughs> talking to the Halpern and Bernie uh, show. Love yes, it. love it. Uh, so, <laughs> I, yeah, no, I, I, love, I love you. I'm just going to get that out of the way. Big, big Matt Bernstein fan. Always was one of my favorites uh, when he actually played. You become even a bigger favorite of mine uh, since then because we started a podcast together back in 2017. Yeah, 2017. I believe so. Little, little thing called The Camp. And uh, you were awesome. And it's the only reason anybody ever listened to it to begin with. So I appreciate I always will appreciate that. I'll always owe you for that. You are you have moved on to bigger and better things, though. You are uh, with the Believing Badgers podcast. Is that how you say it? Because I, I, 
I always look at whenever I see that the believing, yeah. like I, 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 like I don't, I don't know how to pronounce it sometimes. Like it's, I know we believe, it, we believe the Badgers. I don't know. Well, it's believe. The problem is the company that it's like the the platform is B L E A V. So okay. it is believe if you like sound it out phonetically, but I don't know. Okay. They don't. It, it. I think it jars everyone's brain. <laughs> but uh, no, I, bigger and be- don't say bigger and better. The camp was my favorite, dude. I used to drive in from Milwaukee and meet with you <laughs> at like six in the morning or eight in the morning. You hated that though. You hated that. It was like, uh, uh, or even like having to get up the next morning after a Badger game day, like a bit. Hey, uh, hey, Bernie, I got to get to Green Bay by uh, like yeah. ten. Can- <laughs> Can we do this at like seven thirty? Like, uh, yes, but no. I, well, that's because I went out. You know, like yeah, of Badgers course. Win. I of go course. out hard for it. It's a, uh, you know, I'm happy about it. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, so I was kind of felt bad about that, but um, you do, you've got you guys have done a great job. I always enjoy the interviews that you guys get. So if anybody hasn't checked out, please do so. Um, I wanted to have you on to talk a little Badger football, but I also wanted to catch up because uh, you continue to be busy. And you have that little tyke in uh, in tow wherever you go these days, right? Everywhere. Uh, yeah, little maple. Everywhere. She's a How huge Badger fan. 16 months. 16, oh, we're still counting months. Still counting I, months. I, I get oh, yeah, a, year and a, <laughs> a year and four. You know, like, what do you say? A year and four months? Yeah, it sounds no, horrible. I'm, no, I, I, no I, right. I feel, I feel like you can count months for a pretty long time when they're kids. I might just be a jerk and do it forever. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> 36 months. No, I can't do it. I literally, I can't even do the math in my head. So I'd rather just do two more months and then it's a year and a half and then we're done. Yeah. I got you. I got you. But I bet but you I can't. I was going to say, oh, how, rewarding has, how, how rewarding has it been? Like, obviously, when we first started in the podcast, you were still a bachelor and enjoying bachelor life. I was. Things are slightly different now. They are very different. <laughs> bachelor life is gone. But you know what? It's uh, It's just a different. Like I look back, obviously, I loved my days of being a bachelor and like having zero responsibility besides showing up hungover to do the podcast with you on Sunday at eight in the morning. Outside of that, like I love my life. I think I've always loved my life, but I love it. I have a beautiful daughter who cracks me up, who does things, looks at you and then knows she's doing something you're going to like not be happy with and does it (laughs) every time. When she throws food on the ground, she'll look up. And then just toss it on the floor and I can't stop laughing at it, which I think is also a bad thing. My wife is much more of like the discipline, like, don't do that. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, come on. <laughs> it's pretty funny, though. So. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I mean, I live in New York. I, I absolutely love I work for the university. I talk football pretty much like three hundred and sixty four days out of the whole year. So I absolutely couldn't be happier. Yeah. Well, that's in again. So you a lot of things go on in your life, but Badger football is still a big part of it. And uh, Wisconsin will get their season going a week from Saturday against Illinois State. Just give me your initial feeling. Not not on the Illinois State game, but uh, you better be hoping that they're going to blow them out. But just the, the initial feeling on uh, what this season could be for Wisconsin. I mean, you know, I'm like the most optimistic human yes. being. I, I I'm I'm excited. I think we have I, I think I feel like this year is a year to really will define like the next five to 10 years at Wisconsin. We're coming out of COVID, although we kind of were, but we're really coming out of it. You know, I think we have a O-line that is set up for success with the right coach and play. And I think the right individuals, I think our tailbacks are phenomenal and they're going to only get better. Um, you know, we have Jimmy Leonard, 
on defense. I'm just highlighting some things. But I think this is a huge year for us. You know, we got to see if Graham Mertz is going to put it all together finally and and have a complete season. I would love to see that because if he does that, you know, I think it's hard to it'll be hard to stop the Badgers if Graham Mertz plays to the ability that listen, he's not Illinois from three years ago. That's like he played out of his mind, and I think the team played out of its mind. I just need him to do like half of that. Yeah. Yeah. Literally half. Don't even try 75%. Just do half and, yeah. and we'll be fine. Um, you know, I'm I'm I, I'm interested to see what Engram brings to the offense. Um, but I think we have the right pieces. I just think we have to really do something with it. Yeah. I think this is a very interesting year because I think uh if Wisconsin does play at a high level. I think next year could be a special year. I shouldn't say Wisconsin play at a high level. Graham Mertz play at a high level. If Graham Mertz plays at 50% or 75% of what he did against Illinois, and you get that out of him, well, then you have to feel really good about next year because they have, they're going to have a ton coming back. The, then if he doesn't, I just think there's no chance he's actually your quarterback next year. They have to go in the transfer portal and add because you just have your, your, everything else around your team is going to be so set up to be extremely, extremely successful that you desperately need a quarterback to play at a, at a competent level for you to be able to achieve what you're going to achieve. So we'll see. You're right. I think this is a very defining year uh, for Wisconsin. The, the Illinois State game, you probably played against a lot of uh, cupcakes early, uh, <laughs> early in the season. What's, what's the mindset of these guys going into this game? It's a night game. It's Illinois State. It's an FCS team. It's like, eh, okay. I mean, it's not Penn State. It's not like it's like you're jumping right into the season. I think that's a good thing, but what would you be right. thinking at this point? You know, the first game is always exciting. You know, it doesn't, the first game do, to me doesn't matter the opponent. You know, you're playing at home, you're playing in front of 80. It, the, the stadium will be full. Also, this year, there's a new piece of the stadium. Yeah. So you're literally running out to see this brand new stadium. The, Every, it's going to be packed. People are, you know, night games, people are going to be wild. And, I don't yeah, even know the right word. Up. They're going to be outrageous. Lubed up. Wackaloons? They're all going to be wackaloons. Yeah. Lubed up. Yeah. Right. Lubed up. Yep. Lubed up. So, you know, I think the first game, at least for me, was it didn't matter if it was like a powder puff team. You know, this is, this is your, you're so excited. You're so fired up. You're so in the moment. You know, I'm sure Coach Chris, he would always preach like, you know, run out there, look around, be in the moment, but then focus up. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if we obviously kill Illinois State. Like, I think that's what's going to happen. I'm not nervous about Washington State and obviously not about New Mexico State. I mean, duh, we're going to Ohio <laughs> State to play. But, I, you know, the first three games for me, especially this year, are let's assert dominance show that we can run the ball and we can move the ball in the passing game and literally get our defense up to speed. I think Jimmy will have them where they need to be, but we lost a lot of starters. So those guys need to play games. It's almost like preseason, like NFL, you know, it's like you get three games to kind of just like limp in, although these count very, very much, but I'm, you know, three home games. You know, it's just so I'm like smiling. It gets, it's so exciting, you know, and to finally be out of camp and to be playing against somebody who's not like uh you know, the defense you see every day on your team. It's awesome. I am a touch nervous if I was going to be honest. You know, I played in games against teams that we should have destroyed, like UNLV in 2003 mm. yeah. and lost at the camp. 23 and, and five. Oh, my God. Five <laughs> points. <laughs> like, literally, that's so embarrassing to hear. Um, so, you know, I, I think I think these guys are ready for that. I think you can't stop the running game in the O-line. We're going to beat you up. 
up front. I don't want Braylon Allen to have 30 rushes. Like, as everyone else does, I don't. I want this dude to be fresh when we go to Ohio State. I want them all to be fresh. Um, so, yeah. So, I think the first game, it's special. I wouldn't be surprised if you just see us completely dominate all four quarters. Be, I mean, that I think that should happen. We'll see if it does. I mean, they <laughs> again, the, the first three games, the Washington State game, I think is a, a little bit interesting just because of the quarterback. But otherwise, yes. And then obviously, New Mexico State, Jerry Kill, that was one of the worst teams in the country last year. So you should be able to handle all three of those teams. But the season obviously truly, truly gets started when you go to the, uh, the horseshoe on September 24th. And it's always going to be extremely, extremely tough place to play and, and to win a game down there. Uh, not going to be easy. Uh, but Bernie, again, really, really appreciate your time. And uh, hopefully we can catch up very, very soon. Yeah, anytime. If you had a bunch of games, let me know what you need. <laughs> I can't wait. All Let's right. go. Illinois right. State. What are, what's, what's the mascot? I don't even know. The, 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 Red uh, the Redbirds. The Redbirds. The Redbirds. Whatever. Yep. <laughs> They're coming in. Badgers eat Redbirds all day. <laughs> Man, what if we lose? That would be a nightmare. All right. All right. No, nope, let's not. We're not going down that. We're not. We're, not, we're, <laughs> we're not, never. We're, we have no that, chance of losing. We're going to kill that, them. Yeah, that mindset. We're not. We're not doing that today. There's uh, no chance. Right. There's no, no UNLV on our schedule. Nope. For sure. For sure. Oh, all right, Brady. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Zach. There he is, Matt Bernstein, former Wisconsin fullback. Uh, Come back. We'll uh, give our picks for this week's games and uh, close out the show. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Welcome back into Kenny and Heilprin. Final segment of the show. It's going to be a quick one as we take our picks. Ben sent his picks into me. Going to start with this one. Northwestern versus Nebraska. Nebraska favored by 13. Ben is taking Nebraska. And he also said either Nebraska wins by 14 or loses outright. I am taking Northwestern in that game. Wyoming at Illinois. Illinois favored by 11. Ben is taking the fighting Illini. I am also going to take them. Nevada. At New Mexico State, Nevada favored by nine. Ben is taking New Mexico State. I am going to take Nevada. And Vanderbilt at Hawaii in the nightcap, 930. Vanderbilt favored by eight. Ben's taking Vandy. I am going to take Hawaii. All right, so that'll do it for the show. Remember, new schedule next week, Tuesday 6 to 7, Thursday 5 to 6 at Monks. We'll talk to you then.